Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, we're evaluating Phillies second baseman Bryson Stott. Yes, we're going to jump into Stotty's 2023 season, a breakout year in a lot of ways for the kid. And we'll talk about also how high his ceiling possibly is. And an interesting question, considering his position, I'll break down exactly what we're getting into with Bryson Stott coming up on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm your host, Connor Thomas. Thank you so much for checking us out. Appreciate it. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that great stuff. It really helps us out here on Locked On Phillies. It gets you notifications when new episodes are posted. It's really quick to subscribe. It costs you no money. It costs you like two seconds worth of your time. I would really appreciate it if you did. Today's episode is brought to you by Fandle. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit Fandle.com slash locked on to get started. Now, you're going to have to bear with me. You can hear like my voice is a little bit shoddy today. Uh, I'm fighting off a cold right now. It's just one of those kind of change in temperature things. It's starting to get cold up here in the Northeast in Philadelphia. So, yeah, voice ain't 100%, but we're going to soldier through because you guys wanted me to evaluate price and stock, or rather – Omar Ibar commented Stott like six times. So it was the first one I saw. I know there were other comments for other players. We're going to get to everybody, I promise. But Stott was the first one I saw. I didn't see multiple votes for any players in the comments as of the time I'm recording this. So we're going with Bryson Stott. And Squeaky Wheel gets the grease sometime. And yeah, I saw like six comments from the same account saying Bryson Stott, Bryson Stott, Bryson Stott. So here you have it. The evaluation of Bryson Stott's 2023 season. Now, starting with just an overview, uh, I thought there were huge strides made by Bryson Stott in 2023. Remember, his rookie season last year in 2022, he was the first ever in franchise history, first round draft pick by the team to start a season on the opening day roster. Like that was, well, no, not like that. To start his first season on the opening day roster on day one. Other first-round picks in the history of the Phillies have been called up throughout the year and everything like that. You might add like a second or a third-round pick that started the season on the team in this first year up, but Bryce Stott was the first-ever first-round pick to do that. So he's uh, had high expectations since he came up. And being that he is Bryce Harper's friend, so hard to think about those names together because they're so similar. Bryce Harper's friend, like you know that you had the expectations like, oh, okay, he's learned from Bryce Harper. This kid's going to be great. And last year he got sent down at one point and he had some struggles, but you could tell that the approach was there. Like I thought last year, uh, I definitely tweeted this out at some point in the 2022 season where I said at some point Bryson Stott will be the leadoff hitter for the Philadelphia Phillies for a season or more. And now that was not guessing that Trey Turner would become a member of the team. And now Kyle Schwarber seems entrenched in that spot. But I do still think like Bryson Stott could absolutely be a leadoff hitter for this team one day. Uh, His poise in the box, it's existed since he came up. Now he'll lose the approach every once in a while. And the consistency with the actual hitting of the baseball still needs to improve a little bit more until he's like a top level player. But the approach by Bryson Stott is the number one thing 
that's most impressive to me through his first two years at the major league level. Like he just sees the ball so well. He puts together such good at bats. He has an incredible two strike approach. He was one of, if not the best, I'm not sure exactly where it finished, but he was like right up there with the best two strike hitters in all of baseball in 2023. So getting into deep counts doesn't bother him at all. And that's great to see for a still young kid. I mean, you look at this kid's age. He's 26. I know that might not seem as young as like Rojas is 23, who we talked about yesterday, Johan Rojas. But still, 26 is young in baseball years. You still have six years until you're really, I mean, at, in your prime or near the back end of your prime, especially for a guy who plays second base. Uh, not a lot of wear and tear from that position. You can play for a long time there. We saw Chase Utley play till he was like 50 and had white hair. So <laughs> hopefully Bryson starts with the Phillies for a long time. But the point is, for a young player who only just finished his second year up in the majors and his first full year without getting sent down, it was absolutely a revelation at the plate how good his approach was. Uh, not to mention the defense was insanely good. He's a gold glove finalist for second base in the National League for the 2023 season. Like That's such a huge step for him. I just want to look at the numbers and the difference between this year's numbers and last year's numbers when it comes to Bryson Stott. So Last year, he had 427 at-bats. This year, 585. So obviously a little bit bigger of a sample size. But let's just look at the, the big numbers, the slash numbers. Batting average last year. Bryson Stott batted 234 in his rookie year. This year, 280. Oh, my goodness. What a jump. That's a jump of 46 points on the batting average. OBP, 295 in 2022, 329 in 2023. Like It's beautiful. Slugging went up, 358 to 419. OPS went up 653 to 747. OPS plus, he logged 85 last year, 104 this year. I mean, it's just a significantly better year offensively from Bryson, uh, Bryson Stott. Now, the strikeouts, 89 last year, 100 this year. I don't like seeing a guy without a lot of power be a 100 strikeout guy, but at the same time, I mean, he'll get there, still a young player. Uh, he had 31 stolen bases, really good on the base pass, only caught stealing three times, so you'll take that. 62 RBIs, 15 home runs. I mean, as a second baseman, you'll take those numbers from veterans, and you're getting that from a guy who's in his second year at the major league level. If he develops a little more pop, maybe gets to a 20 home run a year guy, this lineup becomes even more dangerous. And if he's going to hit right around 300, I mean, that's an exceptional player. That's an all-star caliber player. There were people who felt that Bryson Stott should have had all-star consideration this year. and I, I'm not sure where he finished in the voting. Obviously not an all-star, but he was uh, definitely in the conversation for second base. Now, at least Luis Arise really took over at second base in the National League by hitting nearly 400 up to the all-star break. So it's hard to put him in over that. But on a normal year where a guy's not hitting like Ted Williams, Stott garners a lot more attention. And he really was one of the breakout stars in Major League Baseball this year. So you'll love to see that. And the defense just took another step. We knew that he was going to be a solid defender at the major league level. But no one, I don't think, was looking at him as like plus-plus defensive second baseman. And he's turned into that. He, at least he was that this year. If he can continue to up his defense at the major league level, this guy can be a gold-glove second baseman for a long time coming. Could potentially like hit 300. I mean, there's a lot that this kid does well. He's just a very solid, good, young baseball player who should be a part of this organization for a long time. You can win championships with players like Bryson Stott. And the season he put together this year, yeah, there were points where he lost his approach here and there. He did in the postseason. 
He was a little bit lost at points in the postseason. And that's like a, it's a step for a young player. He's still continuing to get to that point where he settled in at the major league level. But as he looks back on his 2023 season, as we look back on it and doing this podcast, there's very little to be upset about when it comes to Bryson Stott. He's durable. He hits lefties and righties. I mean, I know Rob Thompson had points, a lot of points throughout the season where he wouldn't hit Stott against lefties. And the whole fan base was like, dude, check his splits. He's better against lefties. I don't know if that was rest. I don't know if it was getting other guys at bats. Like, I don't know what the thought process behind that was by Rob Thompson. He says he's going to reevaluate the way he handles the lineup. We'll see if that's part of the reevaluation. But either way, you should see Stott play more innings this next year. You should see him have an even more consistent approach at the plate, maybe another step defensively, uh, maybe a little bit more pop. Like there's a lot to build on, and that's because he had such a strong 2023 season. So I find it very hard to find fault with anything Bryson Stott did in the 2023 regular season. And the playoffs, I mean, that's something that's built for veteran players. When your top players don't produce, it's tough to win. So you don't expect guys like Bryson Stott to go in and set the playoffs on fire. I get it. You want him to produce in big spots. I believe he will one day. He's not there yet, but, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves as far as what this kid is right now as a professional baseball second baseman. He's a damn good one. Coming up, though, we're going to project out a little bit. We're going to talk about his ceiling. We know how good he is. Now, how good can he be? We're going to get into that as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. First of all, I want to tell you about my friends over at FanDuel, okay? Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Isn't it always great when your team scores early? Well, you can score early on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So this weekend, you got Philly, you got Dallas, one of the biggest rivalries in the NFL. You know who I would bet on. I'm betting on the Burns. Maybe you want to bet on the boys if you're listening to this down in Texas. Who knows how you want to bet, but either way. You bet $5 on the money line, the team you pick wins, you get $150 in bonus bets. It's so easy. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than this moment right now. And plus, I mean, the app's super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. You can bet parlays. You can bet player props. You can bet spread. You can bet money line. You can bet futures. You can do live bets. All this stuff. There's so much in there FanDuel has available for you to bet you'll never run out of things to wager on. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get this NFL season really rolling. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's talk about Bryson Stott's ceiling. So this past year, again, I'll, I'll run through his numbers. So he ended up with 164 hits, 32 doubles, two triples, 15 homers, 62 RBIs, 31 stolen bases, 100 strikeouts, um, 280 batting average, 329 OBP, 419 slugging, so slashing 280, 329, 419, with a 747 OPS. I mean, that's really solid output by a guy in his second year at the major league level. So what could his ceiling be for some of these big numbers? Let's take a look at it. Batting average, his ceiling is absolutely above 300. This kid is going to, mark my words, he's going to, at one point in his career, hit over 300 in a major league season. I don't know how many times he'll do it. He could do it multiple times, but I'm telling you, like his ceiling is above the mark of 300. For the modern baseball player, that's a rarity. That's a huge thing. Uh, as far as his number of steals, 
Uh, he's probably right around where his peak is. He might get a little bit more comfortable, but he could be a 35, 40 steals a year guy if he has a great year. So you got a guy that's going to bat over 300, potentially have 40 steals. Let's look at the power numbers now. RBIs, uh, depending on like the strength of the lineup makes it tough RBIs wise for Stott because he's lower down than he probably would be on other teams. He could be a two or a three hole hitter on a team like, I don't know, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Kansas City Royals, the Oakland Athletics, like teams like that, um, teams that are, weren't close to making the playoffs this year. Oh, the New York Mets. Let's go with them. <laughs> Just had to throw a dig in at the Mets. But no, you get what I'm saying. Like on a team with a less stacked lineup, he would get more RBI opportunities. He just doesn't with this team right now. Maybe he maxes out around 70 to 75 RBIs. Take that from a second baseman who hits 300. And home runs, hit 15 this year. And I don't think he really had that big of a display of power. I mean, last year in 427 at-bats, he had 10. I think he could easily be a 20-home run guy. So you're looking at a guy in Bryson Stott. We're talking about ceiling. 20 home runs, 300 average, 40 steals, 75 RBIs, gold glove defense, best second baseman in the National League, maybe best second baseman in baseball as far as defensively. Like he's that good defensively already, and he has the makings to be even better once he gets the field for the position, like fully at the major league level. Like he'll continue to improve. This is not the peak of Bryson Stott. We did not just watch Bryson Stott's best season ever. Like he's going to continue to improve. And we know that Bryce Harper being here and being the mentor to him, like he's going to continue to work because Bryce Harper will not allow anything different to happen with Bryson Stott. He's not going to allow him to get lazy. To rest on laurels. No, that that ain't in Bryce Harper's uh, uh, vocabulary, and it's not in Bryce's thoughts either. They don't. They're not going to do that. So, what is Bryce's thought ceiling? Legitimately, he will be in the conversation as one of the top second basemen in baseball for a while. Like that's really huge to have because you look around the team and you're like, okay, we got Harper. He's always going to be one of the greats at whatever position he's playing. Romuto, there's a reason BCIB is still tied to his name standing for best catcher in baseball. Um, Trey Turner was an all MLB shortstop last season. Uh, Alec Bohm, probably never going to be in like that top conversation for third baseman. We'll get into his evaluation at some point over the offseason, but a good player. You look at the outfield, Johan Roas, if he plays, could be the best defensive center fielder in baseball. I mean, Kyle Schwarber as DH is one of the best power hitters in baseball, if not the most consistently best power hitter in baseball. He's Definitely in that conversation. Uh, I mean, this team is really, really good, guys. And you've got a strong pitching staff that could get stronger if they handle the Aranola situation or free agency this year. Like, it's big to have – my point in bringing all that up as we have Bryson Stott as the focus of today's episode is how important is it if guys who are supposed to be your role players turn into superstars? That's what takes the team from being good to being great. A lot of teams can go out and sign superstars. Now, not everyone does, but a lot of teams go out and commit money to one or two big players. But what those teams don't then have is another player develops into a superstar or two more superstars sign there because they like one of the superstars or you win and it attracts more. Like that doesn't happen. The Phillies have all of those things. They have a charismatic superstar, Bryce Harper. They signed him. It's made other players want to come here. They made a trade for J.T. Romito to add to that, and then they developed guys like Bohm and Stott to get you to a position where uh, you round out this lineup very, very well. So Stott's a huge part of, like, Stott isn't what makes this team good. 
He's what can make this team great by how much you can play above the level that guys like Turner, Harper, Romuto, Schwarber, Castellanos are going to put you at. So I think Bryson Stott has an incredibly high ceiling. I don't think he'll ever be in the conversation with Bryce Harper or Trey Turner. I I think he could be in that type of Nick Castellanos sphere of player where it's like, okay, he's multi-time all-star. He's a guy whose name you recognize. He's a star in the game. He He's able to contribute to a very, very, very good team. I, I think that's probably where his ceiling is at. I know it's not a perfect comparison because you're not looking at like where they are positionally, but like I I don't know that I could see Bryson Stott turning into Chase Utley. I don't know that he has the power for that, but I could definitely see him being a very, very solid multi-time all-star gold glove winning second baseman for this team. And that's still darn good. Like, is Bryson Stott – we're really projecting out here, but this is a fun question. How high is his ceiling? Is Bryson Stott a Hall of Famer one day? I don't think so. But is Bryson Stott a Phillies Wall of Famer one day? That's a possibility. Like, he's he's kind of in that zone of, like, he'll be a top player at the position, but not a top player in the league, if that makes sense. So that's just how I feel about Bryson Stott's ceiling. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. And still, like, I'm not trying to bring the kid down at all. I know I'm – saying a couple of things that I don't think he's capable of doing. I do think he has a, and I think he could crush my expectations too. Like there's something special about this kid. He's had that feeling about him since he's come up. It's very Bryce Harper-esque. Maybe it's something in the water out there in Las Vegas where these guys are from, but uh, listen, they grow up around show business. They know how to put on a show. They know how to give you a feeling of like, God, oh, this guy is exciting and entertaining. And that's what Bryson's thought is. He's an exciting, entertaining, fundamentally sound baseball player that creates results for a very good team. And that raises his ceiling as high as a lot of players in baseball right now. So, yeah, it goes without saying, but I'm very high on Bryson Stock going into the 2024 season. And I think he had a great 2023 season. But coming up as we wrap up, there's an interesting question that's been floating around out there. And I want to kind of break this down because it's a fun little evaluation of where the Phillies are at and if they're – trying still to shake the things up with the team or if they're more kind of set with where they're at and okay we'll just run it back so we'll discuss this coming up about a potential position switch for Bryson Stott as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on Phillies okay so here's what I'm talking about right this was something that was brought up in the end-of-year media availability. I believe someone asked the question of either Rob Thompson or Dave Dombrowski and brought up the idea of Bryson Stott and Trey Turner switching positions. Now, Bryson Stott is a guy who is a gold-glove caliber second baseman this year. He's one of the finalists. The awards, by the way, I looked it up. The final day or the announcement of it will be this Sunday, the 5th of November. So keep your eyes peeled this Sunday. They will announce the winners of gold, the gold gloves for each position. And we'll see if Bryson Stott takes home the first of his young career. That would be awesome. I'd be stoked about that. If you want gold glove, I think there, there's a couple other guys up. Uh, JT Ramuto's up Tywon Walker and Zach Wheeler, are both up for pitcher. Um, trying to think if there's anybody else. Um, no, I don't believe there's any others. I think those are the four guys up for gold gloves. So you'll hear about that on Sunday, November 5th, this coming Sunday. So keep an eye peeled and maybe that'll raise Bryson's thoughts ceiling even more. But the point is he was outstanding defensively this year. 
Trey Turner, on the other hand, was not outstanding defensively this year. He had one of the highest error counts of anybody in baseball. Now, something we have to remember, I bring this up all the time when people are like, Trey Turner's errors, this, that, and the other. Does he make a lot of errors? Yes. Is shortstop a position that lends to a lot of errors? Absolutely. The ball gets hit there a lot. The majority of hitters are right-handed. The majority of their ground balls go to either third base or shortstop. The shortstop has to make plays on steal attempts, double plays, plays up the middle, everything. They have to range normally the most of any player on the infield. Like There's a lot that the shortstop has to do. It's why it's one of the most important defensive positions. So it lends to tougher plays. So you got to take all of that into account. Now, I'm not trying to defend Trey Turner's defense. I'm not. I don't think he was good defensively this year. I'm just saying, like, we have to evaluate this correctly if we're going to criticize the player. And you have to acknowledge that shortstop is one of the tougher positions to play on the baseball diamond. But that being said, you have a guy at shortstop, middle infield, who did not play well defensively this past year. You have a guy in Bryce Stott who played really well defensively, probably better than they thought he was going to play, and is a gold glove candidate at second base, a less important Defensive position, shorter throw, less opportunities to field the ball normally. Do you consider moving Bryson Stott to shortstop and Trey Turner to second base? I know it's a crazy thought because Trey Turner's always been a shortstop, and he was an all-MLB shortstop. Like He was on the all-MLB team just a year ago. So it's like you're going to take the guy who was the best shortstop in baseball a year ago, and you're going to move him to second base because of one bad season? Like, I don't know how that would sit with him. I think there's a conversation to be had there, not with the players, but internally between Rob Thompson and Dave Dombrowski and his staff and everything like that about do we consider making a change? I don't think it's going to happen simply because Trey Turner has such a track record at the position and Bryson Stott has only just finished his second year at the major league level. And it's that old question of like, do you move somebody to fill a hole? and create another one where that player was? Or do you keep a player who's playing well, just entrenched in their position and comfortable with what they're doing and allow them to continue to progress and you let the other player figure it out? Like, I'm voting on that final option that I just laid out there. I think Bryson Stott's going to be at second base and Trey Turner's going to be at shortstop in 2024. But it's an interesting conversation. It's something to keep an ear out for over the offseason. If you hear any rumblings about that, I'll let you know if I see anything about potential position flip-flops there for Trey Turner and Bryson Stott. Personally, I wouldn't do it, but I understand the argument of some people who feel that they would. It's a fair question considering how much better Bryson Stott looked defensively this year. But again, different positions and different feels for everything. Bryson Stott has played shortstop at points. Uh, Remember last year when Gene Segura went down, he flipped over there at points. and Edmundo Sosa played short or second or third. He played all over the place. So, Stotts tried it before. I like him better at second base. I just thought it was an interesting thought and one that holds a little water considering they're both middle infielders and one looks significantly better defensively than the other this past season. But there's your evaluation of Bryson Stott for 2023. I think he had an outstanding year. One of the most impressive years of any Philly considering the expectations coming into the season. One of the breakout stars in all of Major League Baseball for young players. And now you get into a very interesting point, right? He avoided the sophomore slump and said he had the sophomore surge. And you're looking at a situation where he can build on that going into 2024. Can he continue this progression? Because if so, he becomes a big, big part of this team's capable success in 2024. So we'll keep an eye out. But 
I hope Bryce Stott enjoys his offseason. He's earned a good one. He played outstanding this past year. That's all for today's episode of Locked on Phillies. Thank you very much for checking us out. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that great stuff. Button's going to pop up at the end of this video where you can subscribe. Please do so if you haven't done yet. It really helps us out here on Locked on Phillies, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'll talk to you next time. Oh, wait, I almost forgot. Let me know in the comments who you want evaluated next. I know there have been some people chiming in. I saw even some votes for Weston Wilson and Jake Cave. I mean, I, listen, if you guys want me to do it, I'll do it. I'll evaluate whoever when it comes to uh, the guys that were on the playoff roster for this team. So feel free to to throw that in. I don't think Weston Wilson would technically qualify. Maybe he would. I don't know if he was on the NLCS roster. I got to double check that. I know he didn't play. But anyway, we're going with the 26-man NLCS roster, and Reese Hoskins is also available in there. Go ahead and let me know who you want me to evaluate next in the comments. And the one I see the most comments for is who I will do on Monday's episode. If there aren't multiple or if there's a tie, it's the one I see first. So I'll let you know coming up on Monday who we're evaluating next. But you go ahead and make your picks. And uh, thanks for checking us out. We'll talk to you next time.